Welcome to the Daily Drive. This show is dedicated to keeping you educated, informed, and most importantly, driven to succeed. We want your feedback, so call us at 1-800-437-5121. Everyone on the Daily Drive Show team hopes you enjoy this show. Here's your host, Ken Noor. Welcome to The Daily Drive. I'm so incredibly glad that you are here today. I hope that you are having a fantastic week and that everything that you are working on is coming to fruition. I have a great interview lined up today. Today, we are going to meet with Jeff Bradford. And Jeff Bradford is the CEO and founder of The Bradford Group. They are a PR firm in Nashville, Tennessee. And he's on the line with us now. Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Great, thanks. Absolutely. So glad you could join us. Jeff, you are the CEO and founder of the Bradford Group. Tell me what the Bradford Group is and what you guys do. Sure. We're a full-service public relations agency that we focus primarily on uh, Publicity, both local and national, social media, and content marketing. For us, content marketing means blogs, case studies, white papers, videos, infographics, all those things that draw people to a website. It's not very often that I get to talk to somebody on the show in the PR space. That's a very interesting business. What is it that got you to start a PR firm? I'm a writer, and uh, writing is pretty essential to effective public relations. I mean, that's what my lifelong passion has been. Before this, I was a journalist, uh, and uh, which is a great found foundation for doing public relations. And journalists also are known for uh, making no money, so I decided I'd like to make some money and got into PR. I, uh, <laughs> how'd that work out? <laughs> I, out initially, probably uh, much better now, but I, may, I imagine initially it's probably, uh, I think most... Uh, People who think about being an entrepreneur, they go, wow, I'm going to make a ton of money. And then they get into the real, the realism of it. And it's like, uh, yeah, I'm making just about less than I was making before until, until you get it off the ground. Actually, that didn't happen with us. Uh, we made oh. money the first month and have been profitable ever since. The difference is when I started this firm, I'd been working in public relations for another agency for 15 years. So I already had uh, a good grounding, I already had a good client base, and uh, we opened our doors with 14 clients, and so we, yeah, we've done fine since the beginning. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So w when did you guys start? March 1st, 2000, just after the last tech boom. Ah, 2000. A tech bust, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the tech bust, yeah. There you go. You know, I, I tell you what. I'm gonna we're gonna pivot into that uh, personal thing. I, where are you guys located? Let's go there first. We're in uh, booming Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee, and you guys do work all over the nation, don't you? We do. Yes, we do. Clients across the country. We're primarily focused on the B2B clients, and primarily in the industries of finance technology, construction, commercial real estate, and professional services like law firms, architecture firms. In, in one word, if you could just use one word, characterize your life as an entrepreneur. Intense. Intense. I like it. Married or single? Married. 
Uh, how long, just out of curiosity? 20 years. Uh, actually, 21 years this year, this April, 21 years. Kids, no? Yeah, five kids. Oh, wow. What are, what's the age span on there? All grown. Yeah, they're all growing out of the house. They're uh, about 30 to 38 right now. So they're, they're adults. Wow. So dinner and a movie out or dinner at home and Netflix? Uh, depends on how busy I was that day, how busy my wife is. But usually it's uh, dinner at home and a Netflix. About every week or so we'll go out. Nashville has a remarkable collection of great restaurants. It's become a culinary nirvana, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah. Um, Nashville is quite the city for uh, foodies, I think. Um, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Star Why? I'm not a Trekkie. Uh, I'm not, you know, okay. I'm not, I'm, I'm not particularly uh, nerdy. Just never resonated with you. Yeah, I just didn't, didn't get it, yeah. I gotcha. You're a new addition to the crayon box. What color would you be and why? Uh, PMS 123 yellow. That's <laughs> one, two, three, yellow. I love yeah, it. You're so, Pantone color coming right out. Right, which is caterpillar yellow, uh, very vibrant yellow. It's also the corporate color for the Bradford Group. So what are your hobbies? Uh, reading, uh, golfing, uh, fishing, uh, sailing, those things. Uh, you- you just hit one of mine, man. I love fishing. What uh, what kind of fishing do you do? Uh, mainly just do uh, bass and bluegill fishing. We have a little cabin out in the woods with a pond. And uh, actually, I like to fly fish for bass and bluegill from a canoe. I like I like fishing off the top of the water. When I have time, I go trout fishing and streams, uh, fly fishing with friends. You know, um, and just an odd coincidence. I also happen to have a cabin in the woods. It's not on a pond. It's on a, on a pretty big river, the St. Johns River, uh, oh, here yeah. in Florida. And uh, uh, I love bass fishing. I have never had an opportunity uh, to fly fish before. That, that is not a uh, a type of fishing I've ever done. Um, I think it, it takes a little coordination, doesn't it? Uh, a little bit, but not much. It's really pretty easy. I mean, I like it because you're moving all constantly. I'm somewhat of a, uh energetic guy, so I don't like just sitting there waiting for something to happen. So that's what I like. Uh, I like being active and fishing. I like to see them hit. So I generally will fish with dry flies on top of the water, and that's exciting. It's also more difficult to fish with a fly rod, and I like that challenge. I'm the same way. I like top water, uh, so I use uh, I I fish with a lot of... Um... Like, uh, poppers, uh, I guess. Yeah, poppers, uh, frogs, uh, spinner baits or buzz baits that run across the top. I do. I love that that moment when a fish hits it. You know, you're like, you've thrown it out there, and you you know there's a fish there. You know, you know that they're there. You can't uh-huh. always see them, and then the next thing you know, they they strike. It's so different than having them strike underwater. Uh, I'm, I'm with you there, man. I love to see the fish hit the, hit something on top yeah. of the water. Frogs are fun. They um, get big fish on frogs. Yeah, yeah. What makes you happy? What makes me happy? Yeah. Uh, hmm. That's a good. That's a, that's a good question. Uh, I like accomplishing something. I'm a pretty driven sort of guy, so I'm happy when my business is running well and we're making things happen for our clients. I'm happy when my children are all settled in a good place. 
Uh, I'm happy traveling. I really like seeing new things, experiencing new things. Uh, some of a uh, experienced junkie, if you will. I like learning. Uh, learning makes me really happy, uh, which I'm a big reader. And again, that's also why we like to travel, is to learn new things, experience new things. Keeping moving makes me happy. <laughs> is writing your way to relax? Oh, I'm not sure it's my way to relax. It's my way to keep myself interested. Uh, I mean, you know, most writers are introverts, and I'm really much, pretty much an introvert. But most introverts, but if introverts aren't necessarily quiet people. Um, like some of the most outgoing people are introverts. The difference is introverts are exhausted by society, and extroverts are are in, enlivened by it. So that's, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm an introvert, but that enjoys making things happen. I got you. No, you know, I wasn't even thinking about the introvert extrovert side. I was thinking about the, you know, that uh, that that energy level that you know you want to stay moving, but to sit and write, you you really aren't moving. I guess your mind is, but uh, you you got to slow down and sit for a little while to do the writing. Well, true, but think of there were some people who were very active who were great writers. Think of like Jack Kerouac. Uh, who wrote On the Road, which is about driving across the country. Uh, that's a lot of moving, right? Uh, you know, yeah, the yeah. Most active people in the world were uh, writers. Uh, think of uh, Lord Byron, who was served to volunteer in the Greek Wars. Uh, Ernest Hemingway, who was a very active person and a, and a great writer. So, yeah, I'm not sure that activity and writing are necessarily opposed. Actually, I, I think gotcha. you need to be I active gotcha. in order to have something to write about. <laughs> I mean, writing is really about, uh, you know, communicating what you've experienced. And if you're not moving, you're not experiencing. Writing, I think, for a lot of people, they they find difficulty uh, in, in not in just, you know, coming up with something to write. But especially when you go at length, you know, you hear about writer's block and stuff like that where it becomes difficult. How do you overcome that? Well, I mean... I'm not really a creative writer. At least I haven't been a creative writer for a long time. I'm a business writer, right? So I overcome that by having something specific to write about. Uh, sure, you know, okay, fair that, enough, fair enough. You know, this particular client, this particular product. So, yeah, I've always got a, a topic and, and information to communicate. Right, and you're not having to go for... You're not having to go for, you know, book length or novel length at that point in time. You're... It's more. Right. So what? What? I'm going to dig into. This. I still want to dig into this a little bit. Okay. What? What makes? What may? And I'm, I'll dig into that more specifically. And maybe you can give us some uh, good tips on, you know, writing. You know, for clients or writing for a business. What? What makes for, you know, good content in, in that regard? I mean, what's okay. the? What's the great? Give me some tips. Let me go down that road. Well, first, there are several uh, blogs on our website at bradfordgroup.com that talk about what good writing is. So I'd recommend your listeners check that out. But uh, to me, good writing, uh, one, is just simply good thinking. Uh, it's logical thinking that proceeds in a, a sequence that people can follow. Good writing is also simple. Uh, the opposite of good writing is words people can't understand uh, difficult grammar. The purpose of writing is to make it easy for the reader to understand what you're saying. That's the first criteria. Uh, good writing also, I think, sticks along those same lines, sticks to Anglo-Saxon words. 
Uh, English is made up of really three languages, uh, Anglo-Saxon, uh, Old French, and Latin. For instance, there are three, you can say run, you can say perambulate, and you can say, I don't know, race. But all, they're all three different, different words saying the same thing. The more fancy words don't really communicate anymore, they tend to confuse people. But also on the same line, stay away from jargon. Uh, particularly in business today, we're inundated with inane sayings like outside the box and at the end of the day and drain the ocean and a lot of other things that have lost their meaning and, and their effectiveness through, through being repeated. Uh, if you don't understand what they're saying. Uh, what else? You know, use short sentences, uh, speak in the active voice, uh, you know, Always use verbs. Don't use, uh, limit the number of adjectives and adverbs that you use. Speak uh, clearly. Never use any explanation point. Uh, rarely use semicolons. Those are some ideas on how to write better. Uh, those are all great. Those are all great tips. I, just question, uh, kind of going down this whole writing thing. Do you work, or have you had to do work with clients in crisis communication in situations where they've got, you know? public relations problems? Yes, I just wrote a crisis plan today, as a matter of fact. company finds themselves in some kind of a difficult situation. And today's social media, you know, they get a, uh, a backlash. They did something unintended. Uh, obviously, they're, you know, a company is not a, you know, I'm, I'm pulling a complete hypothetical here out of the air, but, you know, they, they didn't intend. They get some kind of a social backlash. What's your first piece of advice in that situation is to tell the truth and get it out of the way the first day so the uh, crisis management 101 really basically boils down to keeping it to a one-day story uh, most crises become worse when people attempt to parcel out information hoping that it will go away that makes it into a two, three, four-day story, or even worse when they start to cover things up and lie. Then the crisis becomes the fact that you've lied, not the actual event itself. So that's the main advice, is to basically get it out there quickly and get it over with. Rip the Band-Aid off. In my experience, uh, I wonder what your your thoughts and, and feedback are on it, but one of the first things that I advise clients uh, that I find in that is one slow down and, and de-emotionalize it. A lot of times a client, uh, especially ones that are, you know, closely held companies or whatnot, um, they almost take offense to the situation. I didn't do anything wrong. You know, why, why is this? And they like have this emotional reaction to it and does slow down, calm down, and let's think about our response on how we want to deal with that. You think that's good advice? Right. So, so we counsel clients to do two things. Uh, one is to come together, have a meeting, and decide what the talking points are. Uh, and, then, and then that's point one. Point two is only say those talking points and just keep saying them over and over and over again and limit the number of spokespeople, hopefully just to one person who's doing the talking. Uh, that way you reduce the risk of there being conflicting messages out there. But, yeah, you want to begin by slowing down, uh, taking an overview of exactly what happened, and uh, what are you going to say about it, and then stick with that. Wow, what a great, great opportunity it is to listen to and talk with Jeff. 
And we have just run out of enough time uh, in today's daily briefing. Uh, and we're going to have to continue our interview with Jeff tomorrow. So make sure that you tune in tomorrow and we'll talk to you then on the Daily Drive. Thanks for listening, and thanks to our sponsor, That Company. Why is That Company the white-label digital marketing provider for some of the biggest agencies in the industry? Because we get results, we retain clients, and we deliver profitability. Visit www.thatcompany.com to find out how we can make your agency more profitable. If you want to give us feedback, call us now at 1-800-437-5121 or drop by dailydriveshow.com. Make sure you add us to your Alexa daily briefing skill. Don't forget that you can listen to us live every day on WQBQ at 7.30 a.m. The show wouldn't be possible without the Daily Drive Show team, executive producer Jake Perrick, web guru Taj Royer, and the audio man with the plan. Shoddy. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow.